0: Welcome to our midweek podcast on this snowy Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I'm Pastor Josh. Again, I'm just happy to be here with you. And today we're looking at another Close Encounter. We're in our Close Encounter series until uh, January. So, you know, uh, only a few more weeks left, but so far so good. I mean, all these encounters have been pretty great. Today we're talking about Saul of Tarsus, or you would know him better as the Apostle Paul. And you can find the scripture portion that we're going to be talking about today in Acts 9 verses 1 to 9. And this is this close encounter where he actually gets converted. I mean, Jesus literally meets him on the road to Damascus, and something happens that is pretty spectacular. He gets knocked down to the ground, and Jesus uh, tells him exactly how he feels about what he's doing to the people that he loves, uh, his own followers. And if you remember the story about... um, Saul, who turns into Paul, he is the least likely candidate for uh, becoming a follower of Jesus. I mean, literally what he's doing on the road to Damascus is that he's on his way to kill people, uh, to imprison them, to get rid of them, because he is so indignant about the fact that there is this faction of people called The Way, or we, we would know them as Christians, Uh, doing what they're doing, announcing to the Jewish faith that the Messiah has come and his name was Jesus and that he has the way to salvation for the world to know their God. I mean, like, this guy is absolutely, um, you know, angry about this whole thing. He is, again, the word is indignant, feels this sense of injustice, and he goes around pulling people out of homes, arresting them, putting them in jail, doing all kinds of different stuff to them. I mean, we learn in Acts chapter six that he is actually the guy standing at the execution of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. He is the most unlikely candidate to become a Christian. If there ever was an example of this, it's like somebody who is so against uh, a particular group of people, somebody who is calling them. Dead. It's like a, it's like it's it's literally like okay a white supremacist becoming best friends with people of different ethnicities. Like a complete overhaul change of heart, right? It would literally be like Hitler hanging out with Jews. That's... It's a crude comparison, but it is probably the comparison that we would, I think, understand the best, right? Like, I mean, it's this extreme. And so... On his way to Damascus to do more of the terrorizing that he's been doing, Jesus meets him, knocks him to the ground, blinds him, tells him who he is, what he is doing to the people that he loves. And through that whole story, eventually we find out, you know, this guy named Ananias goes to the, to, uh, to, to Saul's house where he is laid up at that particular time. He's blind. He prays for Saul Scales come off of his eyes. He's now a changed human being. And he eventually becomes the most effective Christian, I mean, whatever you want to call him, apostle, missionary, I mean, whatever. He becomes the most effective person in that realm of going to people who are non-Jews and sharing the gospel with them and people coming to know Jesus. I mean, it's it's amazing. So many of us even, you know, we... we we read the New Testament in a way that is through the lens of how Paul sees it, right? I mean, yes, he's inspired by the, by the Spirit, but he has written a majority of the Bible, this guy. I mean, this is how unlikely of a candidate this guy was for him to become, you know, the apostle that we so love. And the reason why we are even here as, as, uh, as Christians that are non-Jewish is because of Paul. Like, I mean, he is the guy that even fought Peter on this whole thing right? His conversion is unlikely, but I I think what it does is that it really shows us that anybody and everybody is able to accept the gospel of Jesus. I mean, I've said it over and over again, like the scandal of the gospel is that literally anyone, the worst people on the planet, people that you would never think could ever come to Jesus, folks that are actually against the cause of Christ, those folks are never too far from his grace. And I mean, I know that's an extreme, right? Like we we put that out there and we're like, oh, well, you know, the grace of Jesus can reach the most awful of people or the most furthest away. And yet sometimes what we, we diminish is the fact that that same grace is is available to people that are right beside us, maybe even people in our own families, good friends of ours that actually don't know Christ at all or have never made a decision to follow Jesus. And Pastor Marvin, I think, gave some really brilliant points around the idea of conversion or coming to Christ. And the first observation that he made through this story was was this, that a person's past is not an obstacle to conversion. I mean, look at Paul Right? Saul, who eventually becomes Paul, he literally is the worst person on the planet for the Christian cause. And when he comes to faith, yes, there's some hesitancy, obviously, from Christians saying, we're not sure if this guy's legit. But his past, what he had gone through, who he was, the stuff he thought, his ambitions, his desires, all of those things, they were not obstacles to him coming to faith. And some of you actually have people in your lives who are so anti-whatever it is that you believe as a Christian person that it seems impossible that they could ever, ever come to faith. Some of you have friends and family members who have done some things that are so abhorrent and so bad that you don't even want to associate with them. But the reality is that their past doesn't is it's actually not an obstacle to them coming to faith. They are more than able to hear the gospel of Jesus and and to come to faith. And the only thing that is causing any blockage is the fact that we won't share with them what Jesus has done because of our own presuppositions, our own, our own thoughts, the way they've hurt us. I mean, I, I think that's a brilliant point because sometimes we write off people based on what they have done, and yet Jesus does not write off people. He doesn't throw them away. He actually finds space for them in his kingdom. And, and at the same, in the same way, we should find space for them as well. The second point that, uh, that Pastor Marvin made this past weekend was, God is at work before conversion takes place. And this should be the most comforting thing. This should be the thing that actually takes weight off of our shoulders. I, I, I personally think. Because so many people, when I was growing up, it was you know, hey, you have to seal the deal by saying the sinner's prayer with somebody so that they come to faith, right? Like that, that's the idea. You have to literally seal the deal so that their salvation is secure. Well, okay, well, I'll seal the deal, but you got to get them to that deal. And so you're the one constantly, you know, telling them about Jesus, about bringing them to church, about, you know, doing all kinds of different stuff. And, And it's not enough, right, to just be content with the fact that hey i'm going to tell them about the message of the gospel i'm going to leave it with the holy spirit who's pretty darn good at his job and he's going to change their hearts and then we're going to move into this whole faith journey of following jesus together i mean that's 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 very i think biblical but what we have done is that we say, you know what, we are going to be the ones at work in people's lives, and we have to get them to this point of decision. And once they're at this point of decision, then after that, my goodness, now they're followers of Jesus, and, uh, and, and that's great. But the point of decision is where like they're obviously confronted with who Jesus is. Well, I think my contention is that I, the Spirit is at work in people's hearts and lives. I mean, the Spirit is calling folks to Himself. I mean, that's biblical, right? And He's at work in people's lives way before they ever make a decision or make a, a, a have a conversion experience, a come-to-Jesus moment. He is literally in people's lives doing some amazing things, calling them to Himself, and some people will completely ignore Him. And this is where the this idea of grieving the Spirit right grieving the spirit the un, the unpardonable sin is really the grief of the spirit that he is constantly calling people to himself he's making people aware he's at work prior to conversion making sure that people are hearing the good news of Jesus pointing them in the right direction i mean that's that's his job he points people through conviction to the in the right direction toward where they need to go but people literally uh spend their time ignoring him, pushing him away, saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. That is grieving the spirit. And that is why it is unforgivable. Because at the end of the day, like if he's calling you and he's calling you to repentance and he wants to give you life and you ignore him and push him away, that's actually unforgivable. So God is at work before conversion ever takes place way before we ever even have the desire or the the, the impetus to, to start calling people towards Jesus. I mean, he is at work when we are not at work. He's working when we just are literally uh, not even thinking about it or intimidated to even breach the subject with people. He's at work. He's doing things. And that for us should be the most comforting thing that should actually take a lot of weight off of our shoulders, and we should find absolute comfort in that because at the end of the day, salvation of people, people coming to Jesus, uh, come to Jesus moment, has nothing to do with you, has everything to do with Jesus. And you have the privilege, and I have the privilege, of actually being part of this journey of seeing people say yes to him. But it's not on our shoulders, it's not up to us to convince them, to to motivate them, to you know, to to say all of the nice things to to try to get them to do it. To you know, it almost feels like manipulation, right? To to get to the point of they're saying the sinner's prayer. I mean, that's not our job. Our job, Acts one eight is very clear: go and be my witnesses. Go share about my story. Go tell them how good I've been to you and what I've done in you and how i've changed you that's that's our role as followers of jesus and the the beauty of all that is that god is at work way before it. and if we would just be faithful to share the story the reality is that probably the more likelihood is that people will hear the stories of how god has changed their hearts you know or changed our you know our hearts and they'll want what we've got And then all of a sudden, the Spirit at work with us witnessing and doing what what it is that we're supposed to be doing, being His witnesses, sharing the good news, that catalyzes the whole thing into then making disciples, right? We have to think of it that way. Otherwise, we'll drive ourselves crazy and we'll feel like absolute failures. And I want to encourage you today, you're not a failure. If you are in a a workplace, if you're somewhere where people uh, are that don't know Jesus and you are being an incredible witness there, I mean, you know, you don't have to be up on a table preaching at people, but if you are just honest about what Jesus has done, if you if you bear witness to what he's done in your life, you are doing your job as a Christian person on this planet, and the likelihood is you are planting seeds, you are watering seeds like you don't even know. And you might never see the fruit of that, you might never see how it grows, but just be confident knowing that if that is all that you are doing, you're doing a, a good job the third thing that uh, the Pastor Marvin brought up this past weekend, the third point that he makes, is that conversion by its nature is transformative. I mean, this is so important, right? Because again, when we talk about this um, sinner's prayer deal, I mean, people say it all the time. I mean, I, I was pastoring in a church in, in, in Newfoundland for several years, and I mean, the idea of conversion, the idea of salvation, is very much based around the fact that okay, well, I don't want to you know do these bad things anymore, so I am give my heart to Jesus, and now you know I'm going to heaven, and it's all good, right? And then the minute that you stop doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, you, you what happens is you end up in this thing called backsliding, and then you are no longer a Christian because you messed up, and you know you don't deserve to have Jesus's love, and so you're. You know, you you dismiss yourself and you say, well, I've I've disqualified myself. I'm out. I mean, that is literally crazy. Because when you think about the transformative work of God in people's lives, For the majority of us, it is not an overnight thing. I mean, the amount of testimonies, right, growing up for me that I heard about, you know, God immediately took away alcoholism from people. He immediately caused people to stop doing certain things. He immediately, you know, took away bad language out of people's mouths. I mean, yes, can he do that? Absolutely. But just because those are the stories that we promote the most does not mean that those are the, that is the majority of what happens in people's lives and hearts, In fact, as a pastor, I think the thing I see the most is the progressive, transformative power of God in people's lives, right? Watching people who were not even bad folks prior to coming to Jesus. I mean, mean, they're paying their taxes. They were doing all those things. Watching those people walk through the stuff that they are going through in a transformative way is actually amazing and good. And it's progressive, right? They are more and more becoming like Jesus. They are more and more looking like Jesus. They are more and more loving people. And this is where the idea of the fruit of the Spirit comes from in Galatians, right? That If the Spirit is implanted inside of you, the day you say yes to Jesus, you should be progressing more and more in love, in peace, patience, kindness, self-control, and all of those things. And so the idea of conversion being by its very nature transformative, I think is one of the most important points that we could ever we could ever establish. And it also gives us a gauge, right? If people are growing, even 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 a little bit, that means that something has been implanted in them. Salvation has been started in them, and they are progressing through that to get to the other end. My encouragement to you today is this, okay? Conversion is a supernatural work of God. It literally has very minimal to do with you. And as much as it has to do with you is is in the is in the sense of that you're a participant, that you're a privileged participant in seeing people have their souls awakened to the reality of Jesus. So please take off the pressure. Your role uniquely is to be a witness, to be somebody who makes disciples. And and one of the ways that you make disciples, first and foremost, is to trust God enough to open their eyes so that then you can walk them through the process of discipleship, right? Like, I mean, that's that's the best part about it is that our role is to do life with people and to show them what it means to follow Jesus and to love Jesus and to go through, you know, difficult times and good times together. But that's that's really our role But when it comes to who gets them to the point of saying, yes, no matter what their background is, no matter where they come from, no matter what, you know, how awful they are, it seems like how awful they are or how good they are. It's the person that gets them to that particular point is the Holy Spirit. You see, he's pretty good at his job. And so if we just leave him to do what he is supposed to do, And we take on the thing that we're supposed to do to just be witnesses, to tell the good story of Jesus to everyone around us. I'm sure that we'll be more than able to see the things that we read in the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, happen. Lots of times we're the ones that get in the way. So when it comes to conversion, if we can just remember that it is a supernatural work of God, that ultimately God is working on people's hearts. He's doing his thing. We don't have to make people feel awful about themselves All we have to do is share the truth of what he has done for us. And I guarantee you, he will be faithful to bring folks into his kingdom. Listen, thank you again for listening to this podcast. We're so thankful that you have taken the time to do this. If you want to listen to more episodes, elamchurch.podbean.com. That's where you can find all of them, as well as iTunes. Just search up Elam Church. We'll, We'll be there. Next week, we'll be doing an interview with the big guy himself, Pastor Marvin. We'll be talking about the close encounter that Joseph, the dad of Jesus, has with his own son. Can't wait. I think it's going to be a great time. Make sure that you tune in for that. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week coming up. Questions will be attached to our Podbean site. Listen, so appreciate you. Have an incredible day.